You're listening to Sight on Success with Dr. Ben Thale, sponsored by Sunbit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Sight on Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Thale. Over the last few episodes, we've been discussing how to handle specific patient objections. And today, we got a really good one. Today, we're going to talk about how to handle the patient that says, you know what, doc, I need to talk to my spouse first. Before we get into handling that objection though, we're gonna talk about who the boss is in the household when it comes to making decisions in healthcare. Here's a story for you. When I was doing my residency at the VA hospital, the majority of patients I saw were men. Now, whenever I walked into the exam room and started my conversation with the patient, at some point in the conversation, it comes up, hey, Mr. Patient, what brings you in today? Why are you here? What's going on with your eyes that I I can change it and help you and get you on your way? Over time, I started to notice a pattern. Many of them would tell me, what doc, everything honestly is fine. I don't have a problem, but my wife, she booked the appointment for me. Or my wife's been bugging me to make this appointment, so here I am. Or my wife, she books everything for me. I didn't even know I had this appointment today until she told me this morning, so here I am. We've all had those patients. You're probably be thinking of a few of them right now. Meanwhile, when you examine the patient, you find out that they've been walking around like 2,200 for the last 20 years, like driving and doing all this stuff that they really need clear vision for. Or you look in the back of the eye and they have raging diabetic retinopathy. Or you look at the patient and they have a central scar on their cornea and you ask them about it. And they're like, yeah, five years ago I was working under my car in the garage. I remember I got something in my eye. It was really red. It was painful. It was light sensitive. For But then like after 10 days, it just went away. You're like, oh my gosh, did you get it checked out? They're like, no. And then you find this central scar. They got reduced vision, but they never even thought twice about it. So decision makers are important, especially when it comes to healthcare. Now, after leaving the VA hospital, and being in private practice now for the last several years, the same stories happen as to why a patient shows up to the office, whether it's a husband, spouse, significant other. It a lot of times it sounds like, yeah, my wife made the appointment or my wife's been telling me to get my eyes checked for years and I'm finally here. Now, a big thing in sales is knowing who the decision maker is. If you can get into the mind of the decision maker, then you can close a sale. If you don't like to use the phrase close the sale, Just remember that closing a sale in healthcare is getting a patient to accept a treatment plan. They're going to accept what's going to help them. This brings us to the question I asked a few minutes ago, who's the boss when it comes to healthcare and healthcare decision-making? At this point, you probably know, but here's some stats to back it up. The bosses in healthcare decision-making for a household are the women, the moms, the wives, the grandmothers, the matriarch of the family. Healthcare decision-making has been studied for decades. Major insurance carriers like Aetna, United, MetLife, pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer and Bristol-Myers, and even financial institutions like J.P. Morgan Chase, American Express, Wells Fargo, they all have their hand in the research because they want the data. They want to know who's making the decisions. Here's what the research has found out. 80% of all healthcare decisions in a household are made by the women. Here's even more compelling data. 94% of women make the decision for themselves, right? Like a solo decision maker. And equally, 90% of working moms 
make the decisions for every single person in the household. Now, March is actually National Women's History Month. So big shout out to all the moms, wives, all the matriarchs of the family who take the initiative to keep our families healthy. It's a big job and we honor you for that. So what do these stats have to do with handling the objection of, I have to talk to my spouse? First off, if you're presenting a treatment plan and at the end of the conversation, the patient says, I have to talk to my significant other, here's something else to consider. If your patient is a female, guess what? you have an 80% chance that she's the decision maker. Even more so, if she's a working mom, you have a 94% chance that she's the decision maker. Now, because you have this information, it makes navigating the objection a lot easier. So whether you have the decision maker in the chair or not, you already know the mind of the decision maker by knowing these statistics. This is a tool I use in the office to get treatment plan acceptance. See what I did there? I didn't say close the sale, I said treatment plan acceptance, same thing. So you get the patient in the room, you did the exam, you finish your patient education, and the patient says, yeah doc, I agree, but I have to talk to my spouse first. Here's the exact phrase that you should say right after you hear that. It goes like this. I agree, you should talk to your spouse first. But if your spouse is anything like mine, she always says yes when it comes to my health. Or she always says yes to things that are gonna benefit me. Or he always says yes to things that are important to me. Now, as with anything, to use these tools, it takes practice. I always suggest that you role play with your staff, you even role play with yourself. Like I've done this stuff standing in front of a mirror having this conversation and getting my mind into the patient's mind as to what they would answer back to me. It's just practice. I'll never forget the first time I used this tool. I honestly, I didn't even expect it to work. I just decided to, I'm just going to throw it out there and see what happens. So <clears throat> it was a patient I was telling her the benefits of investing in the year supply of her premium daily contact lenses. And she brought up the line, doc, it sounds good, but I have to talk to my husband first. Here's the next phrase that came out of my mouth. I agree. You should talk to your husband first. But if your husband is anything like my wife, they always say yes when it comes to my health. And then I stopped talking. And then it was quiet. And then she started laughing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I blew it. I probably was too pushy. I probably sounded salesy. I just broke all the trust we just built. And it seemed like forever, but it was probably like 10 seconds of her giggling and laughing. But then when she was done laughing, you know what she said? She said, Doc, you're right. Let's just go ahead and do it. And she left that day, paid in full for her annual supply of premium single-use lenses. Now, never forget, and we talk about it all the time in the podcast, in order for these tools to work, you have to be confident that your products and services are solving a problem for the patient. In other words, you should be so focused on helping solve the patient's problems that the solution actually sells itself. That means you have to really get to know your patients, what pain points they experience, and what solutions you can offer them. Sometimes whatever you offer is not the solution for the patient, and that's when things sound salesy. You have to offer the right solution. People don't like to be sold to, and they also don't like to be told what to do. Here's some other stats to consider. 78% of decision makers don't trust their insurance provider. And on top of that, 
83% of decision makers don't trust pharmaceutical companies. Now, these are from national surveys that have data gathered over the years. This is where you as the doctor, you as the office are at an advantage. You know why? Because we have the face-to-face -face time. We can build trust, we can listen to problems, and we can provide solutions. With the right tools and the right intentions to handle the objections and get your patients the help they need, you'll find out it's a win-win for your business, and that's how you handle the objection of the patient who says, I have to talk to my spouse first. It takes a little bit of practice, it takes a lot of confidence, but I know you could do it. Just practice, drill it with your staff, role play it with your spouse, do those types of things. Put yourself in the patient's shoes and get thinking like them so that you know exactly what that phrase means. Because a lot of times patient objections are, they're saying something using specific words, but they're meaning something else. So uncovering what that means is really important in treatment plan coordination. That's all the time we have for today. As always, I want to thank the team over at Sunbit for producing this episode. They're really a great group of people. They offer payment solutions that will benefit both you and your patients. I encourage you to check them out. And one more thing. If you're looking for a quick way to move your business in the right direction, I'm going to be hosting a five-day challenge beginning on April 26th. It's going to be five days of 60-minute teaching on how to close more sales, make more money, and really just stop feeling burnt out because a lot of us feel that way a lot of times. If you go to odevolutionchallenge.com, you can get more information, you can sign up for free, spaces are limited, and they're actually filling up fast. So again, odevolutionchallenge.com, it's gonna be an awesome five days. I look forward to seeing you in there, and I'll catch you on the next episode. This podcast is brought to you by Sunbit.